Part four, chapter four of War and Peace by Leo Tolstoy, translated by Nathan Haskell Dole. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Marianne. Chapter four. The old count, who had always kept up an immense hunting establishment, had turned it over to his son's management. But on this day, the twenty seventh of September, feeling particularly cheerful, he determined to be of the party. In two hours, the whole hunt was gathered at the front doorsteps. Nikolai, with a grave and solemn face, which made it evident that he could not be distracted by trifles, walked right by Natasha and Petya, without heeding what they said to him. He personally inspected everything, sent forward the pack with the huntsmen, mounted his sorrel Donuts, and, whistling to the dogs of his own leash, he started off through the threshing-floor into the field that stretched out toward the Otranetsky preserves. The old count's steed, a dun-colored gelding named Vifyanka, was in charge of the count's groom. He himself was to ride in his drosky straight to the mooset which he had designated. The whole number of hounds brought together was fifty-four, together with six whippers in and feeders. Beside the gentlemen there were also eight greyhound grooms, followed by more than two-score greyhounds, so that with the master's dogs in leash they were, all told, about one hundred and thirty dogs and twenty mounted huntsmen each dog knew who his master was and answered to his call each man knew his duty his place and his work as soon as they had ridden beyond the hedge all without unnecessary noise or talking galloped smoothly and evenly along the road and then struck into the fields that led to the otranetsky preserves as soon as the horses were out of the beaten track they made their way across the field as though it were a carpet of yielding grass occasionally splashing through pools of water the misty sky continued the same, and the moisture fell monotonously to the ground. The air was calm, mild, unresonant. Occasionally were heard a huntsman's whistle, the snorting of a horse, the crack of the long lash, and the whine of a dog crouching down in his place. After they had ridden about a verst, suddenly out of the fog loomed five more riders with dogs coming to meet the Rostovs. In front of them rode a hale and hearty old man with the heavy grey mustachios. "'Good morning, little uncle,' cried Nikolai, as the old man rode up to him. "'Here's a howdy-do. I was sure of it,' said the old man. He was a neighbour and distant relative of the Rostovs, a landed proprietor of small means. "'I knew it. You could not resist it, and it's good you've come. Here's a howdy-do.' This was a favourite phrase of the old man's. "'Look out for the cover.' double quick for my girchik reports that the illigans and all their train are at korniki and they might here's a howdy-do might snatch the litter away from under our very noses that's where i am going say shall we join packs asked nikolai they united all the hounds into one large pack and the old man whom nikolai called little uncle rode along by his side natasha muffled up in shawls out of which peered her eager face with bright glistening eyes galloped up to them followed by petya and michaelo the huntsmen who were her inseparable companions and by a groom who was delighted to attend her petya was full of glee and kept whipping up and hauling in his horse natasha sat firmly and gracefully on her raven black arabchik and reined him in with a practised hand though without force the little uncle looked disapprovingly at petya and natasha he did not believe in combining frivolities with the serious business of hunting. "'Good morning, little uncle. We are going too,' shouted Petya. 
good morning to you good morning don't ride the dogs down cried the old man severely nikolenka what a splendid dog trunili is he knew me said natasha pointing to her favorite greyhound trunila in the first place is not a dog but a hound mused nikolai and gave his sister a stern glance trying to make her realize the immense distance that separated them at that moment natasha realized it don't you imagine little uncle that we shall be in any one's way said natasha we will stay in our own places and not stir an excellent idea little countess said the little uncle but mind you don't fall off your horse he added for you see here's a howdy-do you've nothing to hold on by the island of the otradnetsky preserve was now in sight two or three hundred yards distance and the cavalcade rode up toward it rostof and the little uncle having definitely decided where they should set in the hounds and show natasha her post a place where there was not the slightest chance of anything ever passing crossed through the ravine into the woods well little nephew stand on solid ground said the little uncle take care not to let her get by that depends replied rostof put karai he cried by this call answering the old man's words karai was an aged deformed ugly-faced hound famous for having once tackled by himself a she-wolf all got to their posts the old count knowing his son's passionate zeal for hunting had made good time so as not to be behindhand and the cavalcade had scarcely reached the preserve when ilya andreyevitch cheerful and ruddy with shaking cheeks came jolting across the fields behind his three black horses and was set down at the muset which he had selected smoothing out his fur shuba and getting his hunting equipment he mounted his glossy vifyanka fat kind and steady and gray as himself the horses and the drosky were sent home count ilya andreyitch although not a keen huntsman at heart nevertheless was well acquainted with the rules of venery and he rode off to the edge of the forest gathered up his reins settled himself in the saddle and feeling conscious that he was all ready glanced around with a smile near him stood his valet an old-fashioned but heavy rider semyon chekmar chekmar held in leash three fierce-looking wolfhounds not less fat and sleek than master and horse two dogs old and intelligent enough to be out of leash stretched themselves out on the ground a hundred paces farther along the edge of the forest was stationed the count's second whipper in mitka a splendid rider and passionate huntsman the count in accordance with time-honoured custom before the hunt began drank a silver cup full of root brandy took a snack of lunch and then drank a half bottle of his favourite bordeaux ilya andreyitch was a trifle flushed from the wine and the ride his eyes grew moist and had a peculiar gleam and as he sat in his saddle muffled in his shuba he had the aspect of a child who has been got ready for a ride the lean chekmar with sunken cheeks having got things settled to his satisfaction looked up at his baron whose inseparable companion he had been for upwards of thirty years and perceiving that he was in good humour waited for some pleasant talk just then a third person rode up cautiously evidently the result of careful training and coming out from behind the woods paused not far from the count this individual was an old man with a grey beard in a woman's capote and high collar this was the buffoon who wore the woman's name natasha ivanovna 
well natasha ivanovna said the old count to him in a whisper and giving him a wink if you should dare to scare away the brute danila will give it to you i can defend myself said natasha ivanovna hissed the count and turning to semyon he asked have you seen natalia ilyanichna where is she she and peter ilyitch were stationed in the high grass near zorovo replied semyon with a smile she's a lady but she's going to have a great hunt all the same and aren't you surprised semyon to see how she rides eh asked the count she rides as well as a man of course i'm surprised such daring such skill and where is nikolashka on lyadovo hill i suppose asked the count in a whisper that's where he is he knows well enough where the best places are and he rides so cleverly too danila and i were thunderstruck at him the other day replied semyon knowing what would please the count he rides well does he eh fine fellow on a horse is he eh like a picture how he run that fox t'other day out of the steppe at zavazino how he did gallop out of the woods twas a caution horse worth a thousand but the rider beyond price twould be a hard job to find such another young fellow it would indeed interposed the count regretting that semyon did not spin his story out longer twould be a hard job would it turning back the flap of his shubka and searching for his snuff-box then the other day coming out of mass in all his regalia when mikhail to sudoruitch but semyon did not conclude his sentence having distinctly heard owing to the stillness of the atmosphere the howling of a hound or two signifying that the hunt was on he bent down his head and listened and gave a warning gesture to his baron they are after the whelps he whispered they are making straight for ledovskaya the count with a smile still lingering on his lips gazed into the distance along the dyke and held the snuff-box in his hand forgetting to take a pinch instantly following the baying of the hounds came the signal that the wolf was found sounded on danello's heavy horn then the pack united their voices with those of the first three hounds and then they could hear the hounds breaking in across the ravine with that peculiar howl which is the sign to the huntsmen that they have discovered the wolf the riders had not yet begun to egg on the dogs but were uttering the ululu and louder than all rang out danilo's voice now in bass now in piercing shrill notes it seemed as though his voice filled the whole forest and burst out beyond the forest bounds and rang far over the fields after listening for a number of seconds in silence the count and his groom were convinced that the hunt had divided into two packs the larger half vehemently giving tongue were driving farther afield the other pack were rushing along the forest past the count while behind them was heard danello's uliuliu the sounds mingled and melted together but seemed to be growing fainter in the distance semyon sighed and stooped down to disentangle his leash a young puppy having got the cords mixed up the count also sighed and noticing that he had his snuff-box still in his hand opened it and took out a pinch of snuff back cried semyon to the young hound who was trying to make for the woods the count was startled and dropped his snuff-box natasha ivanovna dismounted and was just on the point of picking it up the count and semyon were looking at him suddenly as often happens the sounds of the hunt came nearer and it seemed as though the baying mouths of the dogs and danello's uluyu 
were directly upon them. The Count looked round, and at his right saw Mitka, who with starting eyes was staring at him, and, lifting his cap, directed his attention in front of him to the other side. "'Look out!' he shouted, in such a voice that it was evident that this word had been for some time painfully struggling to escape. And, letting loose his leash, he dashed in the Count's direction. The Count and Semyon sprang out from the cover, and saw at their left a wolf swinging easily along, with a noiseless lope, making for the very cover where they had been in hiding. The ferocious dogs yelped, and tearing themselves free from the leash, flung themselves after the wolf, almost under the legs of the horses. The wolf paused in his course, awkwardly, like one suffering with the quinsy, turned his head, with its wide forehead, in the direction of the dogs, and then again, with the same easy, waddling gait, gave one spring, and then another, and shaking his stump, tail, disappeared in the cover. At the same instant, with a roar that rather resembled a whine, from the opposite edge of the forest, appeared first one, then a second, then a third hound, and then the whole pack came pouring out into the field in the very track by which the wolf had sneaked away and escaped. On the heels of the hounds appeared Danilo's horse, all black with sweat, breaking through the hazel bushes. Over his long back, bending forward and doubled up like a ball, sat Danilo, hatless, with his grey hair dishevelled, and falling around his sweaty face. Uliuliuliu, Uliuliu, he was shouting. When he saw the count, his eyes flashed fire. You sh he began, menacing the count with his upraised whip-handle. You've lost that wolf! What hunters! And, as though scorning to have further conversation with the confused and startled count, he gave the wet flank of his chestnut stallion the wrathful blow which had been directed against the count, and dashed after the hounds. The count, like one who had been chastened, remained motionless, and looking around with a scared smile, was going to try to gather sympathy for his situation from Semyon. But Semyon had disappeared. He was riding in and out of the bushes, trying to start up the wolf from the thicket. The masters of the greyhounds were also beating up the brute from all sides. But the wolf had made his way into the bushes, and not a single hunter got sight of him. End of chapter 4